This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. Don't like your odds? Enjoy daily bet boosts on your favourite sports and make your best bet now at betvictor.com. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Hello everyone and welcome along to the Turfcast podcast pre-game show which is now available as a podcast for the very first time and not just a YouTube show so if you are listening on the podcast uh, this is the very first time that you will be able to do so so let us know what your thoughts are if you enjoy it if you want to see it as a podcast more often because that is obviously the plan um, like I said I said a few weeks ago didn't I on the on the podcast and the vodcast I want to start doing sort of like two podcasts a week uh, rather than just the one on Thursday, which covers everything. Um, so we're going to sort of like change it. And this is the first of, of us doing that. Change it to um, a podcast doing a preview show, as as you know, the name is on the tin. It does exactly what it says on the tin, should I say. And um, um, a post-game show where me, hopefully Simon, um, and a few others, I know uh, a few friends of the podcast have been in touch and said they'd like to, you know, come on as well. So fingers crossed we can do that and do that. I'd say on the evening of every match, but don't expect that for the Everton game because it finishes at 10 o'clock. Um, so don't expect that for the Everton game. It'll probably be on Tuesday for the Everton game. Um, and then, then that gets released to the podcast as well. Um, so fingers crossed we can start doing that now. Um, I'll say what I'll say um, all, all the time these days. If you want to help out and come on the shows, p- please feel free. Just get in touch with the page on YouTube or on Twitter, which are probably better, or, or Facebook. Or if you know me personally, just give me a shout um, and we'll see what we can do. I'm hoping to try and build a little team um, and then and then go from there. So we always have somebody and we never miss uh, we never miss a show, really. And you can even come on and have your own show. If you've got a good idea and I like it, feel free to come and give us a shout. 
um, and we can go from there. Yeah, I'd be more than happy to do that. Um, but anyway, let's get into it. This is the pre-game show. Um, I am joined by uh, a lad called Connor, who is from Everton YouTube page, fan page, podcast, um, the Toffee Blues. Go and check them out. The links will be in the description below. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. Everton, Monday night. Right, and just like that, we are joined by Evertonian Connor Williams from Everton fan page, the Toffee Blues. Thanks for joining us on Turfcast, Connor. Uh, no problem. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so let's talk about your start to the season then, Everton's start to the season. Because, you you know, you've done pretty well. I'd, I'd bite your hand off to be in the position that, that you're in at, at this moment. You're at level on points with a red shite, as, as you lot would call them. Um, so, you know, you, you've clearly had a decent start. I think you're... Beat Southampton on the first day, didn't you? Then you drew at Leeds, and according to another Evertonian that I know, um, who I think does stuff for the Toffee Blues as well, Owen, he was saying that they should have Everton should have actually won that. Um, and then, of course, um, your previous game was against Brighton, wasn't it? And you won at Brighton. That's something we couldn't do on the opening day of the season. So, you know, a successful start to the season for you boys. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's really good start for the season. It's one that I think we needed, uh, especially with the manager in charge um, and the whole sort of how will that go down with the fan base. Uh, so it's a good start that we really needed to have. Uh, but yeah, I, there's no uh, there's no complaints from me so far. Let's talk about Rafa then, because you've you've mentioned him, uh, and obviously I did I did want to talk about him. Um, absolute uproar. Um, when he joined, um, some things that, in my opinion, were just too far. Banners outside his house, threats to his his family, and things like that. I mean, we all we're all passionate about his team, um, but you know, things like that are too far. Um, but you know, he's. I remember at the time, I understand why Evertonians had their reservations because of his history. But in terms of his actual credentials, I think he's a good appointment. Um, would I like to see Graham Souness at Burnley um, if he was still a good manager, obviously with his connections at Blackburn? No, I wouldn't. Would I like to see Mark Hughes then? No, I wouldn't. Kenny Daglish? No, I wouldn't. So I get it. But like, how, how do you feel about him now? Three games in, good start. Um, and then after that, how, how did you feel at the time? Um, so far, uh, I'm still reserving judgment because we're only you know three games into the season uh, and I don't want to get carried away and call him you know, the next Messiah or whatever. And then us end up in a really tough uh, spot come, you know, February, which I still think could happen, especially with the lack of depth we've got in our squad. Um, although that wouldn't be his fault, but he will be, you know, the scapegoat for all of that. When he was first uh, announced, I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy because once again, it's another manager. Every eighteen months, we seem to be swapping managers. Angelotti really did leave a damaging impact in terms of he really let a lot of fans down after making so many big promises. Uh, for me, it wasn't Rafa's Liverpool links um, or the comment of a small club because uh, as far as I'm concerned, it was a long time ago um, and someone made a great point, you know, there's Liverpool fans walking around with the now Everton manager tattooed on them because of their Champions League win. Um, <laughs> so I sort of could ignore his Liverpool links. Uh, I was a little bit worried that the game might have passed him um, or that he might play too negative football uh, for my liking. Um, and so far, like I said, I'm holding judgment. I'm not going to say I'm wrong because uh, that's something I will admit at the end of the season, depending on our results. But so far, he surprised me. Uh, the Southampton game is the first time I was surprised just by the intensity we played. Uh, I'd say we pressed a lot more, certainly more than we did under Angelotti towards the end of the season. Uh, and he changed the game as well. Going into half time, we were a goal down after a Michael Key mistake 
changed the game, uh, changed the formation, must have really went in on the players. They came out and looked a completely different side. And I can't remember, uh, certainly in the last couple of years, watching an Everton side play with that much intensity. And I think the way he's trying to get us suits us, it's 4-4-2, intense, get the ball into the box, play up to Dominic Calvert-Lewin's strength, uh, as he's a tall lad and he's a lot better in the air than he is with his feet. Not, not you know, dissing his feet or his footwork, but he is a lot better in the air. Yeah, so what does Rafa have to do to, to win yourself, for example, and, and some of the, the more extreme fans around, you know, the fans that were ridiculously up in arms and doing these sort of things? What, what, what would Rafa have to do to win you by his round? Is it a, a, another solid top 10 finish, a consistent season, maybe as far as a trophy? Uh, I mean, from a personal level, if you can continue with this style um, and get us, I, I said before the season started, 10th to 12th is where I think we'll finish. I, I've not changed my opinion on that. And I also don't think that's an awful one for a manager's first time in charge. I'd be happy to be wrong. A top 10 finish for me, I think would be okay. Uh, anything above that, I think, would be un, like really unreal. Um, but for the more, you know, anti-Rafa, um, I think he's got to potentially get into Europe, um, maybe win a cup. But for some, I believe it'll never he'll never be good enough in terms of um, there will still be some, and it's yet to be seen because we're on such a good run. His first loss, his second loss. If they come back to back, who will turn? just yeah. because of who he is, uh, which was my major um, criticism when the board appointed him, is that he will always be four, gate, four losses away from people wanting him out. He's yeah. never going to be popular. Um, and the last thing I want to see this club do once again is four losses, him be made the scapegoat wrongly because I don't think our recruitment's been very good. And then we're stuck in the same position next year or in 18 months because uh, a team that does that are, are never going to progress to the levels that we aspire to. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. The word scapegoat is exactly what I was going to say. As soon as you go on a bit of a bad run, the fans are going to turn. Like I said, I think it's a good appointment in terms of just looking at the the manager and his credentials and, and what he can do with Everton. But when you bring the whole package in, it, it, it does have the risk because of that. You, as soon as you go on a bad run, say there's so many games over Christmas or whatever, and you and you don't win for 10 games, for example, there's going to be a lot more noise from the fans than there would be with Ancelotti, for example. But that brings it on nicely. But how did you feel about Ancelotti leaving then? Because like you said, he, he came in. I was astounded that Everton got him. That's no disrespect to Everton, but obviously you're a, a very big club, far bigger than we'll ever be. So I was, I was very impressed with how you managed to get him in. And obviously he's been at Real Madrid uh, and things like that. And obviously he's back there now. Um, Chelsea uh, and that sort of thing. So I was very astounded. I thought he'd do better than he did, um, if I'm being honest. Um, I think Everton, that's the sort of manager that I think Everton um, were looking at. And I was always like, oh, they'll probably end up going with someone in the bracket below. And then he just they just got him. So I was surprised he didn't do as well uh, for you boys as I thought he did. But what were your thoughts on him leaving then? Because I think you mentioned it already. There was a lot of promises, a lot of talk and then all of a sudden as soon as somebody come calling the first team to come call all right it's one of if not the biggest club in the world um but he was off pretty much straight away so how, how did that make you feel um dis disappointed really um more than angry just disappointed um it, it's right before the summer as well and before the euro so it's a complete ruiner of the summer for me um it was like, don't get me wrong, it was a coup to get him. He was a very good manager. Fahd Majiri wanted him for years. 
and he finally got his man. I feel sorry for Fab Nigeria as well because he's really gone and you know shown Nigeria up by leaving. But it was um, like you said, it was the promises. He was on about Bramley Moore a lot. Uh, he was saying he loved Crosby Beach. Uh, he wanted to build something that you know could be passed on to somebody in a couple of years, not eight, you know, not eighteen months. Um, and it was it was the fact that uh, obviously, like you said, Real Madrid are one of the biggest clubs in the world, if not the biggest, you know. Um, but it was the fact he left us for them after how they treated him in the past, after the Super League fiasco, and after him yeah. saying, you know, it's a complete disgrace to football. He was he was one of the main outs, uh, you know, outspoken people against it. Uh, for him to then just come, and we were as a club were very outspoken against it. And then for him to then just turn around and go, ah, Real Madrid have come knocking, I'm off. And I saw an interview where he was asked about the Super League and he said, if you're asking if my opinions have changed, I can't say or something like that because obviously Real Madrid is still pushing for it, which really like tarnished him slightly for me in terms of, not in terms of his ability as a manager, but in his character as a person because he went from like a real hero, everyone loved him. Even when we weren't doing so well, fans were like, We've got Carlo Ancelotti, isn't he brilliant? He just says all the right things. So yeah. I can't believe he's now going, oh, I don't want to make any statements about the Super League because that's, you know, my club are now in it. It sort of seemed like a sellout. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, it does seem like he's just trying to protect himself there, isn't it? He don't want to go to town, which to me suggests that he still is pretty against it. Um, he's just not going to speak out about it because of his current employers. Um, but again, yeah, it does seem a bit of a sellout, that, to be honest. Um, but how do the two managers compare then? Because there was a lot of, as, as the, even though obviously the fans were happy that you had Ancelotti, I saw quite a few sort of like murmurs on Twitter about how some fans weren't happy with the style of play and things like that. Um, how does he compare to Rafa? Because you've already mentioned that um, Rafa plays with a higher intensity and, and you can, I think you're talking about pressing higher up the pitch and, uh, and pressing quicker. Is that something you'll, you you expect to see more under Rafa? Um, hopefully. I think when fitness levels start to drop a little bit more, we won't see it as much, which is just a natural thing. Um, you need supreme athletes to be able to play a pressing game all season. I think even City, yeah. the likes of City and Liverpool have drops in fitness. Um, for me, it's... The directness as well, though, with Rafa Benitez, which is something, you know, balls into the box, get them to the fast wingers, um, have the wingers run down the line and cross it in. Uh, also, with not playing a five-back, uh, a couple of Everton fans will admit this, uh, potentially even Owen, I think, because we've got a chat and he's, I think he said it. Um, Everton don't suit a five at the back. Um They, they just don't. I don't know why. Um, he tried it in the Hudders. Rafa tried it in the Huddersfield game just about got away with that through the skin of our teeth. I don't know how, but our centre-backs just can't do it. I think it leaves them weirdly too exposed, too much time on the ball. Uh, Michael Keane, so far this season, not playing well. Uh, under Angelotti, we know fans, he seemed to, but we're just too slow in the build-up from a five at the back. Um, I don't know what it is. We just take too long on the ball. And for a lot of games, Sheffield United last season, we were a goal down um, to a 17-year-old who made his debut. Um and we just didn't look like we were ever going to, you know, have any real intent of going back into it. We played the same pass it round. This is at home as well. Protect, protect, you know, from conceding more than going out to get a goal. Um, and I can see why the mum, like the murmurs came in then, because that's a pretty shocking display at home. And it's a really, you know, shocking way to play at home. You expect your home form to be slightly more attacking, a little bit more entertaining. Um, but Benitez so far seems to really drill it in uh, while making sure you keep your shape, press when you know when you're meant to, get the ball, p 
pass it up front quickly, direct. Um, I think our possession stat this year were one of the lowest, um, but direct football, uh, we I think we probably would be one of the quickest uh, to transition it from winning the ball to you know moving forward. Yeah, I won't worry too much about being one of the lowest because we are the lowest. Um, so you'll probably have a lion's share of possession against, as most teams do. Um, like you say, direct, compact football. It's not about having the ball, it's about what you do with it. Um, but let's talk about last season because we had a bit of joy against you last season. Obviously, we drew at the turf, um, which was around Christmas, was it? No, I think it was quite early in the season, actually. I can't remember. Um, but obviously, we got a good win at, at Goodison as well. And that that win, at, there was two games last season for me where I look at us and I think, why don't we play like that more often? And you're talking about there about the high press and the pressing often. And we did that to you boys last season at Goodison. We pressed you well, we pressed you high. When we got on the ball, we did good things with it. Obviously, Dwight McNeil scored an absolute screamer. That always helps. Um, but what were your thoughts on the games that we had last season? Because, in truth, with the players that both teams have, you should probably be beating us. Um, but like I said, we had a we had a bit of joy last season. And, and weirdly, we had a better away record last season. And that's probably part of the reason why we won at, at your place. Obviously, at Anfield as well, which I'm sure you enjoyed. Um, <coughs> excuse me, at the Emirates as well. So what were your thoughts on the games last season? Um, I think a one-all draw at Turf Moor wasn't a bad result. I mean, I, you could you could argue the quality of the players, certainly the quality of the manager, um, you know, Champions League winning Angelotti, Premier League, you know, maybe we could have done a little bit better. But I mean, to, you know, a draw away from home isn't awful. Um, the home fixture for me was a bit disappointing. Uh, if I remember rightly, it was, again, it was direct football. Um, we had more of possession. Um, but like I said, it, it, this shows why people were a bit mumbled under Angelotti. A lot of possession, no real goals for it. Um, and we're one of, like, I think Benitez's first win, it's the first time since 2014 at Southampton that Everton have gone in uh, losing, lead, you know, losing a goal. Uh, and came back to win a game. We have such a poor mentality of getting back into a game, uh, which I thought Angelotti would, you know, be able to sort of get out of that sort of rut. But Benitez, in his first game, broke one of the biggest problems for Everton, and that's just because you're losing doesn't mean you have to, you know, doesn't mean that's the game done. Go out there and change it. Um, so yeah, the the home the Goodison Park fixture for us, uh, I was a little bit disappointed about. Um, but like you said, it was a screamer from Dwight McNeil. Um, and we just, again, we just really struggled to get back into a game. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So I think it's I think it's a mentality thing that I think we struggle to come from behind a lot of the times. Um, it tends to be a mentality thing for us, even when we're on the look. We tend to lose games these days. Um, but I think a lot of that is in mentality. So if Rafa can change the mentality, then that's like 95% of the battle. Uh, and then it just becomes a habit. Um, let's talk about some of your players then and some of your danger men and some of the players that are performing, aren't performing this season. Obviously, DCL, I've always liked DCL. He's a very good player. Uh, Rich Arlison, obviously, he's class. Uh, we obviously have a few ties uh, with Michael Keane. Now, that's, that's the point. Let's, you, you've already mentioned he's not playing too well this season. Um, I, I, I don't know what it is. I've not actually seen any of your games live yet, just the highlights. Um, but it's it's... Michael Keane, I do think he's not going to suit a five. Um, so if if he's because he's been playing in a five last season, or he's or, or he's coming into a four and he's still trying to get used to it again, I'm not sure. But but what's 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 he been like then this season? Because as you said, he said he's not started too well. Uh, the first three games for us, um, so Southampton and the cup game uh, included, so the two league and the cup. 
Uh, I think he was free for free in mistakes leading to goals. Um, obviously, Brighton was a bit of a change because we kept a clean sheet. Um, but yeah, he was at the start of the first three games, including the cup, he was free for free for making mistakes that led to goals. Um, I, I don't really understand it. He sort of goes through purple patches. He'll one day look like a really great centre-back. Uh, and then the next, you wonder how on earth did we pay so much for him? Um, one of the lads at the Toffee Blues reckons it's fans. He doesn't have the mentality because uh, obviously he's one of the best times he played was last season, no fans, Yeah. Um, which could be a thing. Uh, I, I personally was on about dropping him after his first two mistakes. Uh, Benitez didn't, and you could have said he was at fault for the Huddersfield one, um, which is annoying. Um, I, I can see why, you know, you try and play so they get their confidence back. But I, I, I sort of worry he's one of those players where once his head is down, the best thing for him to do is go away and have a quiet think about it than being put straight back in it. I think he, you know, sort of headless chicken. If you put him back in the pressure cooker, he's just going to be uh, at sevens. So I'm sort of, uh, I'm hoping he can find a bit of form again. I don't personally think he's our best centre-back. I think Yerry Mina and Ben Godfrey are our best two pairing. Uh, but obviously the manager disagrees. Uh, I'm just hoping he sort of gets, gets his head round it a little bit more now. Uh, improves slightly um, and can go through another purple patch of good. Uh, obviously, the Brighton game, he had, a, he had a good game. So I'm hoping that's a turn in for him. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Obviously, uh, a majority of Burnley fans will, will want Keenor to do well. Um, obviously, did very well for us, integral in getting us back into the Premier League. So uh, it will be a shame to see him uh, fall out of favour at Everton. Um, let's talk about DC Element Charleston then, because from the outside looking in, they're always your two main threats. Because um, obviously DCL is a good finisher. You put the ball on his head. He's a, he's a bit like a, a Chris Wood, but probably better, um, to be fair. Uh, if, you, if you put the ball on his head, it, chances are it's going in. If, with Chris Wood, um, it can be, he's a bit, Chris Wood's like a B-Tech hurricane. He can, he can be quiet all game and he just, you give him a chance and he scores goals. But then he's, he's similar to what you've just said about Michael Keane. Is, is in like, he's a proper, he goes through purple patches and he's a real confidence player, is Chris Wood. So if he's not scoring goals, he can have a chance from six yards out and put it over the bar. Um, but if he is scoring goals, you know, you give him a chance on the edge of the 18 and he's raffling it into the top bin. So um, talk to me about DCL and, and Richarlison then, like I said, because they're your two main threats. Uh, how have they done so far this season? Uh, they've done they've done well, um, really well, to be fair. I think they're, I, I mean, I, I think they're slightly um, overshadowed by the fact that Damari Gray's having a really, really good start to the season. Um, so our fans are sort of, you know, a bit in love with Damari Gray at the minute. Um, but they're having, a, they're having a really good start. Uh, Calvert-Lewin's uh, coming on leaps and bounds. Um, I still know a couple of Everton fans, and I do agree that there are some bits of his game he needs to improve. His one-on-ones aren't particularly brilliant, which is why I said at the start, his aerial ability is a lot better than his footwork. But that yeah. will come, like... If you told us two years ago when he was dropping back, he worked hard but was never getting amongst the goals that he'd be our main striker in two years, Everton fans would have been like, nah, you're lying. So it's nice to see him come back into it. Uh, Richarlison as well has had a really, really good start to the season. Um, and I, I mean, it needs to be said as well, um, from the summer he's had literally no break from the Copa America to the Olympics to now. Um, his work rate's fantastic and his uh, stamina... I'm a little bit concerned on how long before yeah. he inevitably, you know, has to have a break because he, he can't do the whole season as well. Um, but 
they, they are our two danger men. Um, I think now we've got Damari Gray, you could sort of push him a little bit there. But, you know, to start the season, I don't want to overhype the lad. You know, he's had a great start. Hopefully it continue, uh, continues. But uh, Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin are the two main threats for us. Yeah, it's, it's when you when you say that they're your main three like going forward and stuff. That is, it's a decent, it's a decent like attacking lineup. That is, it's, it, I think uh, Richarlison especially can break into to some of the you know the, the higher ranked teams and even DCL in a few years. Uh, it's good to see Gray. I think um, a few people, uh, I think a few teams we were linked with Gray um, last time he was available. I can't remember. Was it this summer you signed him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I seem to remember it was being linked with it. it was, again, it would it had probably been just paper talk. There'd been probably no way that we'd been able to afford his wages and stuff. But um, yeah, it's good to see him do well. Uh, to be fair, hopefully not at the weekend. Um, just before we get into the weekend, though, I, let's talk about your aspirations for the season. Then, because I know you said you, you think you're going to finish between tenth and twelfth. You finished tenth last season. From the start that you had, and again, you, you're probably looking at it with sort of like sceptical eyes because you don't want to get carried away because it's your club. It's just how it is, isn't it? Um, I'm looking at it and seeing the start that you've had. Like, for example, I think you'd have lost that game at Leeds last season with the way that that game was panning out. You've said yourself you'd have probably lost a Southampton game last season because you didn't come from behind it and win. Um, so I, 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 looking at that, that evidence, I think you're going to finish higher than, than last season. Not too much higher, maybe eighth. I think that'd be a good return for you, boys. But what, what, what are your main aspirations for the season? I mean, I, I would happily take and would absolutely love it if we could push to seventh and get in that Europa Conference League. Yeah. Uh, just because it's a chance for, you know, a European you know, competition, European Knights at Goodison Park. I think the quality in it isn't very good. So it's, you know, you've got to look at it like we'd want to get, you know, at least to the quarter semis final, potentially win it because of the competition in it. Like when you look at Spurs and Roma, they surely have to be the favourites this year. Yeah. Um, I only say 10th or 12th because, not because of the manager, but because of um, we only have really Seamus Coleman and John Joe Kenny as natural right backs uh, and just Luca Dean on the left. So if any of our full backs get injured, John Joe Kenny, unfortunately, isn't uh, as good. Um, and Seamus Coleman is like getting on a bit now. Uh, he can't be expected to do it all season. So what, you know, he's going to obviously have to rest. Uh, and Luca Dean, a more worrying one. Uh, if he gets injured, we're going to have to stick a centre back out there or Fabian Belf. Um, so I think only 10th or 12th because, like you said, the Christmas period's busy. I think injuries will be our downfall again, uh, which is a problem Everton have had for a while. You could argue injuries were our downfall last season at Pitts where we missed Decore and Allen. Um, so I think it'll be injuries that let us down again and a lack of depth in certain areas. Um, but that's that's no you know that's no judgment on the manager. If he can do if he can do above tenth, um, I'll, I'll be really impressed. Uh, I just think the way the squad set up, it's sort of a run of run of bad luck in itself to fail for him. Yeah, fair enough. And you've mentioned already. You think that um, Richarlison's going to need a break at some point, or even worse, if he doesn't get a break, he, he's going to break. He'll probably get an injury with the amount of football that he's played. So yeah, I, uh, I see what you're saying there. Uh, but let's look ahead to the weekend. Obviously, I say a weekend, Monday night. Um, Monday night, 8pm, Goodison Park. Live on Sky Sports, Monday night football, which means if it's live on Monday night football, they'll spend the first hour and a half talking about the biggest games of the weekend and they might fit in a Burnley-Everton preview in the last five minutes. Um, so tune in at 7.55, everybody, if you want to see some Burnley-Everton chat. Um, but what are your thoughts then? What sort of like lineup are you expecting to see? What sort of way are you expecting Everton to, to approach this game? Uh, I can see us lining up. I 
I'd love for us to line up in the 4-4-2 and just stick with that. Um, but I think he's going to go to the 4-2-3-1 again because it's his favoured formation. Um, it'll be interesting to see who he plays as the uh, number 10. In the past, he's been doing it with Damari Gray. And then if it's not fitting, he's changed it, put Damari Gray on the left, Richarlison up front with Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and we've gone to a 4-4-2, uh, which I prefer. Um, or he's been playing a 4-4-1-1 uh, with Richarlison just behind Dominic Calvert-Lewin, which I quite like as well. Um I think we'll do that again. I don't think there'll be much change from the Brighton game. Um, I, the only one I'm looking at and I'm sort of hoping we see, but uh, I don't have a lot of confidence in it just because of the rumours of the relationship between the two. I'd really like to see James Rodriguez, if not on the starting eleven, at least on the bench and will appear at some point in the game just because his quality is yeah. unreal. You know what? I totally forgot about Rodriguez. What's the situation with him at the minute? Last, last I saw, he was criticising Everton on Twitch or something. Also, I can't remember what he said. Something like, oh, they're playing today. I didn't, I didn't realise. And now all of a sudden, I thought he'd left. I thought, well, he's, he's clearly leaving then. And then window shuts and he's still there. So what's the situation there? Uh, it's a bit of a tough one at the minute. Um, like you said, um, Benitez came in and apparently they don't have the best relationship stemming back to both their times at Madrid. Um uh, and it, to be fair, I don't think he is a Benitez type of player when you think of, you know, hard-working players that he likes. Um, for all Rodriguez's um, positives, and there are so many of them, he's probably not the most defensively-minded or run. You know, he's not an engine, is he? You wouldn't call him, you know, a good work-rated player. He's great attacking. He's got a wonderful uh, left foot on him, but he's not going to contribute much defensively. So Benitez probably doesn't like that. Um, and at first, that was one of the major problems for Everton fans to get over. It was made out that like Benitez hates him. Uh, and then he went on to Twitch. Um, and with the uh, Everton playing comment, sort of the fans then turned against him a little bit and was like, uh, quite rightly, were like, how, you know, quite disrespectful. Um, even if you're not playing, you know, you should know where you're what you're employing, your employers are doing, especially in a football team. You should know who they're playing at least. Um, I know people who don't get on the team sheet, like Tom Davis, who probably are watching it or go to the game, you know, go to games to watch it. Um, so it's a bit, a bit poor by him. Uh, the last I heard, we were trying to get him out to Turkey, but he doesn't want to go. Uh, but obviously, the window's closed for us now. So I'm hoping yeah. that's all rumours and paper talk because to see him out now uh, would be a really silly thing to do, as we leave us with no natural number ten, uh, and we can't replace him because the window's closed. So it'd be a really silly. thing. Thing to do yeah and obviously he has bags and bags of quality um so it would be a shame it'd be another one again when you brought him in i was like wow that's, that's good great business and it's a shame again that it's just not worked out uh, i just think sometimes that the clubs and the styles uh just sometimes don't match the players or whatever or he's just not settled in in liverpool or wherever it is that he's living um predictions then um what what are your thoughts for the weekend um I'll, I, I, I won't like worry you or anything. I remember the last time I did a prediction, uh, a pre-game show, sorry, it was before we played Leeds. And uh, I, I thought to it, oh, it'll be quite reserved. He's on a Burnley podcast. He's like, no, mate, we'll smash your 4-0. We'll smash your 4-0. Easy game, easy game. Uh, and the only the only person that got smashed was Stuart Dallas by um, Ashley Barnes. So there you go. Um, so yeah, feel free to put it where, whatever you want. And if it makes you feel any better... I think it's going to be inevitable to win. I just think you've got the better players. It's at Goodison. You probably won't revenge for last season. We haven't started too well. Um, who knows? We might do a job on you um, like we did last season, but I can't see lightning striking twice. So I'm, I'm going to go 2-0 Everton. 
Uh, I'm actually going to go one nil Everton. Um, I can't see it being much of a goal first, just because I, I'm interested to see how we play because I think both sides play similar styles so far this season in you know low possession direct football. Um, so I'm interested to see how the how the you know styles compare, but I think it'll be one nil to us. I can't see it being many goals. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. Obviously, we can get a positive result out of it. Um, thank you for joining us on Turf Castle. We're going to wrap it up here. It's been a good chat. It's a nice half an hour chat. That we've, we've done well, mate. It just shows the goal that uh, you know we're having a good chat and didn't realise the time. But thanks for joining us and good luck for the rest of the season, buddy. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and the best to you as well. All right, cheers, mate. Brilliant. Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.